This is The Dead or Alive Show, starring Polly Boone and Patrick Edwards, Josh Hatley, Rob Morton and James Spence. University Hospital Radio. Taking you from uh, to uh. Sponsored by NHS Recruitment. For God's sake, they're all dying. Just please come and work for us. We can't do it anymore. Ah! <laughs> well, go on then, Candice. Go on, try and eat your own head. Why don't you have a sip of bleach as well? Okay, well that concludes our 50 of our best of Ollie Murs tribute show. <laughs> oh, please help. <laughs> I've been speaking like this for two days and I literally cannot change the intonation of my voice anymore. Next up... Shut it, Todd. This is the news. Welcome to Current News with your hosts Raymond Troymond and Derek Montague. The headlines tonight, estate agent consciously uncoupled from brain, chocolate teapot appointed fire chief, and dogs, just lots of purple dogs. This is Current News. Current News, sponsored by Sunmade Raisins, shriveled grapes in a box, with a picture of a 20-something agricultural labourer on the front. It's fine, it's the best job she can get in the place where they grow raisins. Our top story tonight, the general public is on the verge of changing its mind. Well done, everyone. Well done. To provide some balanced commentary on this delicate issue, who better than two Twitter-trolling ideologues who we've managed to get from somewhere? In the studio, we have lefty voice of a generation, Owena wants to be famous, and far-right peer of the people, an inexplicably NHS Coventry trustee, Baron of Coventry, Lord only got a job to pass the time. I'll call you Lordo for short. No, shut up, I am. Now, Lordo, what are you going to do if the polls are right and the public have, in fact, changed their mind about this? Well, obviously, this is unprecedented and completely unexpected, and to be honest, we haven't really had a lot of time to digest the new piece of information. But that doesn't matter. I'm confident that the British people will make the right decision. Well, get a knife and fork out and digest. Whilst you're doing that, Owena, what do you have to say? Well, this is not unexpected at all. I have complete respect and admiration for the public on this this time. The government ignored us, and now, if the polls are right, they've got egg on their face. You've had a chance to digest that egg yet, Lardo? Lordo? Whatever. What have you got to say for yourself? Well, I don't think I'm in a position where I can officially comment until the Prime Minister comes out on this and tells us what to say. Oh, you and your politicians and your party lines. Not as fun as a conga or cocaine, are they? Sorry, what, what's that supposed to mean? Don't know. Owena, conga or cocaine? All the kids are doing it. You like to be down with the kids, don't you? Hmm? Don't you? Don't answer that. Right, well, surely it's time to... Ah, yes. Right, we're now switching live to our roving correspondent, Tosspot Jennings, who's reporting live from somewhere in hospital. Tosser? We are here, standing beside an MRI scanner at University Hospital's Neurology Ward. And yes, yes, the scanner has detected it. Susan from Coventry, a median voter and tonight's chosen test subject, has just... Oh, just get down, Susan! Has decided that, yes, perhaps she doesn't quite hate black lesbians as much anymore since watching a McCain chip advert suggesting that they, too, like to negligently serve portions of fried potatoes to their kids. Who would have thought, eh? Back to the studio. Hilarious. Tosspot, 
Any chance you can comment on uh, what you've heard from these idiots we've had in the studio? Where do we go from here now that the public opinion has changed? Well, it's tough to say, Ray. I understand that in contingency planning for this event, the Prime Minister would recall Parliament and address the Commons. Hopefully, we'll have more clarity in the next few hours. Ray? The last thing we want is yet more uncertainty. We need to know exactly what the government are going to do on this right now, wouldn't you say? Indeed, and it is not as though the Prime Minister hasn't had enough time to think through these complications beforehand. We will just have to wait and see. Ray? What we really need is a government to show proper leadership. That's certainly true, and never more so than today. Ray? Any hint on when the government announcement will be made? Number 10 is being very tight-lipped, but we will keep you posted. Ray? Good to know. Please do let us know as soon as you do. It is vitally important that we hear whatever hastily put together response they prepared as soon as feasibly possible. I will. And that's all we have time for here from the Neurology Ward. But Good night. No, one more thing. Do we actually know what led Susan to change her mind? Not right at this moment, Ray, but it will no doubt be the subject of ongoing discussions for several weeks and years to come as the repercussions become fully known. Ray? Yes, but have you heard any speculative rumours or something like that, you know? Unfortunately not at present. Why don't you ask her then? You're standing right next to her. I'm afraid not. She's been injected with a sedative, so you see she can't change her mind again. I'm walking to my car, but I will find out for the next time we speak. Ray? Surely someone must have predicted this. Look, I'm heading home, Ray. No, you're not going anywhere. You're giving me little to no useful information at all. What do you think you're doing? And with the car park warden gesturing to me that they're going to be lowering the gate at the car park exit till morning, I'm handing back over to the studio. Ray? You're not getting out of it that easily. We need some answers. The public just can't change their mind like this with no warning, can they? No, I don't suppose they can, Ray. But with the last bus home arriving at the stop, I've just legged it to in time. I'm going to call that a night. Ray? Well, did you change your mind about this? Change, mate. What do you mean you don't take contactless? Who has money anymore? Sorry. What was that, Ray? I was saying that... Sorry, I've lost you. And as the bus drives off into the distance and the faint flicker of an ATM guides me to the cash I will need for a cab home, I look forward to speaking to you on tomorrow's broadcast. Ray? Look, can't you just talk to another random person and ask them what they think for a bit. It's vitally important to know what the public are up to. Unfortunately, there's no one in my immediate vicinity who I can ask. And with my phone indicating that its battery is nearly wholly depleted and I still need to call a cab, that ends my broadcast for tonight. Ray? There's a 24-hour McDonald's near you, isn't there? Can't you go there? No, I'm afraid that was burnt down last week after the riots. And on that bombshell, as my phone's battery is dead and the cab rank is no longer contactable, I'm going to change into my trainers and begin the long walk home. Good night. Trainers? You bring trainers to work? Well, yes. Precisely for incidents like this, when I have to aimlessly try and find out what the public have to say late into the nights. As the cars in the night race past me on the dual carriageway, I'm handing back to the studio. Ray? Tosspot, you still there? Tosspot? Yes, but I'm afraid I can't speak. So as I whisper to avoid the detection of the dark, ominous figure on the other side of this underpass, I hand back to the studio. Ray! Where the hell do you live? You're not in that dive you were in last time I saw you, are you? No, I was kicked out last month, and with a certain prospect of that aforementioned ominous figure having found me once again, it's time to go back to... No, no, please don't! Help! Well, it appears we've had some technical difficulties tonight. Apologies for that. We do pride ourselves on providing incessant 24-hour commentary. More to come later, including our regular award-winning camaraderie of current news commentators, including Gary Bistow, Howard Uredi, Boggs and Littleworth, and I get to interview this year's winner of Sexiest Nurse. Very much looking forward to that. Shout out! 
first in our bid to help reduce the stigma of living with mental illness, it's time for the item where disembodied voices shout people's own names back at them. What shout-outs have you got, Ray? Shout-out goes to Judy Stirrup, who's just had her larynx removed and is feeling a bit hoarse. I think there's a joke in there somewhere, Derek. It's time to get back on the saddle, Judy. Also, apologies to the autology department. Apparently they didn't hear our shout-out yesterday. That's enough, Derek. Just one quick one, though. Sorry, we should have done this shout-out on yesterday's show, but Dr. Williams is required in surgery immediately. That's Dr. Williams to the operating theatre in the Sir Steve Redgrave suite immediately. A lot of blood, apparently. Well, I hope that as much as there'll be a lot of red... Hopefully there won't be as much grave. Now it's time for today's quiz. The results. Welcome to the results, the University Hospital Radio Quiz. The answer to yesterday's cryptic teaser, Mark certainly shouldn't have had that second helping, is, if you needed any hints, type 2 diabetes. Congratulations to Gregory the Porter for yet again getting that in first. And we send our best to Fat Mark, of course, wishing him a full, well, as much of a recovery as he can feasibly obtain. OK, now it's time for today's contestant. Today we have Ethel from, well, the hospital. Uh, which department? Hello. I can't remember. I'm actually in a corridor. Great, this is going to be a laugh. Right, you know the drill. You have 30 seconds to answer as many questions as you can. Are you ready? No. OK, start the clock. Which type of snack did the vending machine in the cardiology department finally run out of yesterday? Lion bars. <laughs> nice try. No, it's marathons. Next question. How many of the bunch of flowers provided by the on-site florists are below £20? None. Correct. And what did the trust chairman attribute the smell on the geriatric ward to earlier this week? Vivian pissing herself again. You literally cannot make this up. A gas And that's the clock, meaning that Ethel, you have got one point. Oh, well done, Ethel. Unfortunately, we've been told that we are no longer allowed to give away Q-jumps to the on-site hygienist. Bloody shame. However, we still have 10% discounts for the local funeral parlour for every contestant, so congratulations. Can I just say hello to my... No, you cannot! Visiting times are strictly adjudicated. They are for one hour between 3 and 4pm on weekdays and 2 and 3 on Saturdays. No family members are admitted on Sundays. And remember, please refrain from using a mobile phone inside the hospital. Thank you. UHR is now selling advertising space to raise funds for the wards. If they don't get enough money, they'll just continue turning the generator off for 10 minutes a day with the hope the young ones pull through. Enjoy! Happy birthday, sis! What? Where am I? Wake up, you sleepy thing. I've got your birthday present. You've got me a swab and a sterilised sample pot. That's a DNA testing kit. What? Where's mum and dad? Now you'll know more about the racial purity of your bloodline. Go on, put it in your mouth. Go on. What's happening? Yeah, that's right. Right in the back. There you go. Why am I chained to the bed? We then pop it in the post and... Hey, presto, you've got your results. What's happening? It says you've evolved from an animal in the African savanna. Great. I also got you this. What is it? It's a pregnancy testing kit. Why? Because you don't just have your DNA in you. Now you also have a bit of mine too. Ah! Buy your testing kit today. A thousand one songs to listen to while remoaning about Brexit, including your favourites from The Rolling Stones. ABBA. The Beatles. 
All my troubles seem so far away. He's 17. And of course, Europe. Buy a thousand one songs to listen to while remoting about Brexit today. From the director of Slumdog Millionaire and that one where Obi-Wan Kenobi takes heroin in Edinburgh comes a black market torrent of Danny Boyle's abandoned James Bond film. Choose a compact ski chalet. Choose to make love to a beautiful woman. Choose England. Choose a daring descent of an Austrian mountain pursued by ski-mounted members of the KGB. Choose to perform an acrobatic somersault. Choose to plummet from said Austrian mountain. Choose a Union Jack parachute. And the reasons? There are no reasons. Who needs reasons when you've got a gin martini? Shaken, not stirred. Danger spotting, out now. Out now, a thousand and one songs to listen to while conducting Brexit negotiations, including all of your favorites from Kylie. The Eagle S Club Muse And of course, Dexy's Midnight Runners Buy a thousand and one songs to listen to while conducting Brexit negotiations today This week on Most Haunted, Derek Akora is joined by evolutionary scientist and broadsheet polemicist Richard Dawkins at the former home of Charles Darwin. I am sensing a pleasance. Oh, not this bollocks again. Charles, are you there? You are lying. You are a liar. The floorboards. The floorboards. You are just doing a voice. Look under the floorboards. Oh, for God's sake, what have you hidden under the floor this time? Lift up the floorboard, third closest to the filing cabinet. Not that one, the loose one. Oh, that's convenient. This board has been unscrewed. Right, where is it? Ah, here we go. I knew it. So, Charles, if that is really you, what is the full title of the book I'm holding in my hand? On the Origin of Species by Means of National... You mean natural? Natural selection. And the rest of the title? Come on, Charles. Been so long since I wrote this. See, you are a fraud. What on earth have you put down here? You put a Galapagos tortoise down here as well. Now, 1,001 songs to listen to while narcissistically uploading photos to Instagram, including your favourites from Demi Levito, Jamiroquai, David Bowie, Clean Bandit, and not forgetting... 
1,001 songs to listen to while narcissistically uploading photos to Instagram today. I think you know why we've assembled you all here this afternoon. You know who it is, don't you? You've identified the culprit, I know it. Miss Marion below our class, please. Miss Marxist. Thank you, Detective. This has been a very difficult case where the perpetrator has cleverly hidden their tracks in plain sight. At first, we were meant to be distracted by the shoddy attempts at base profit erosion and efforts to get around the tightened treatment of carried interest but the head of Imperial Widgets Company had already been detained and its young, beautiful heiress is just too thick. But that, of course, only leaves you, doesn't it? Mr Porperson, it was you who found a way of not paying any tax. No! But of course it was. That was why you were at the High Street that morning when I bumped into you outside Mr Bunn's bakery with the chip poking out from your breast pocket for you had just deposited the sum of £15,000 into an ISA savings account. But Bernie, tell her, you, you couldn't have... Sit down, Miss Marion, below her class. Mr Paulson, what do you have to say? It's true, it's all true. I'm sorry, Gwendolyn. Oh, you mean Miss Marion below her class? Yes, Miss Marion below her class. I don't pay any tax. <gasps> I wanted to put our savings into a tax-free account that would allow us to save more for our wedding day. But Papa would have sorted that. He has loads of money in his remaining offshore business interests and shareholdings from which he could draw down dividends and the like. But I wanted to be my own man. The reason behind the savings, the jobs. Of course, your job as CEO of a successful hemp importing company which you set up with your uncle in Rhodesia. Oh, Mr Porperson did get a job. Just not the job you thought it was. For Mr Porperson is not the CEO of Rhodesian Hemp Merchants and Sons, as he would have you believe but is an executive assistant to the CEO, a job that commands a fraction of the salary, so low, in fact, that it does not breach the taxpaying threshold. I'm afraid to tell you this, Miss Marrying below her class, but Mr Porperson does not pay a penny in income tax. But Bernie... Hang on. No, no, she can address you by your first name, just not the other way round. Thank you, Detective. Bernie, how could you? You know how important it is to me to make sure the poor have enough money. That is why I, the heiress of Imperial Widgets Company, employ such an extensive staff of butlers, valets and cooks and young girls in bonnets that do ironing and the sort. I must go and ask Jeeves to pack your belongings into a potato sack. Not so fast, Miss Marrying below her class. I'm sorry, I'm going to have to arrest you in anticipation of the future inheritance tax you will avoid. But I'm not married yet. You've just arrested my fiancé. Oh, yeah. Never mind, we'll arrest you anyway on account of being posh. My papa will have something to say about this. You can tell your papa when you see him. Papa! Get in a truck. Thank you, detective. No, thank you, Miss Marxist. Without your black book of upper-class contacts, we wouldn't have been able to round up half the number you've helped us entrap. There's just one thing we couldn't have worked out, though. What's that, Detective? How come you get invited to all these posh houses? What? Get in a track. Out now! A thousand and one songs to listen to while undertaking EU-subsidised agricultural work. Including all of your favourites and the likes of Blur, Abba, Pink Floyd, Dire Straits, 
And appropriately enough, Kanye West. Buy a thousand and one songs to listen to while undertaking EU subsidized agricultural work today. Are you ready for your sleepover? Yes, Daddy. I've got everything apart from I can't find my book. Oh no, which one? James and the Giant Peach by Roald Dahl? Where did you last see it? Maybe he ate it. Who's he? He's Tom, the invisible cat. Oh, I think we need to go back and see Dr. Johnson, don't we? He's the nice man who you speak to about your invisible friends. But why, Daddy? I don't like Dr. Johnson or his Johnson. What? Please stop blaming us for your children's bizarre ideas. There's nothing wrong with our 100% British beef burgers or our dinosaur reps. We don't add anything. Honest. See, Charlie the talking fish knows, don't you? Tell him, Charlie. Mackie D's. Death don't give you ADHD. Out now! A thousand and one songs to listen to while engaging in nuclear disarmament talks, including R.E.M. The Sugar Babes. Busted. Eric Idle. look on the bright side of life. And who could forget Ronan Keating? Buy a thousand and one songs to listen to while engaging in nuclear disarmament talks today. This week on Five Lifestyle, remember to tune in to the episode of NPLW, Non-Pecuniary Lottery Winners. On this week's show, we interview the woman who won a year's supply of free pizza. It has basically ruined my life. I have no space in my flat for anything else, including other food or my husband. I cannot even leave the house. No, because I now weigh 112 stone. Out now. 1,001 songs to listen to while recovering from Novichok poisoning, including all of your favourites from Britney Spears, Alice Cooper, The Ramones. And who could forget From Matt Monroe? Buy 1001 songs to listen to while recovering from Novichok poisoning today. You're listening to Current News on University Hospital Radio in association with Booper Health Insurance. The only way to guarantee feeling super is if you buy medical insurance coverage from your friends at Booper. And at that point, you keep telling them that you will return them, but you just keep putting the price up. They always agree, just get a little angrier each time. OK, welcome back to Current News on University Hospital Radio. So we've come to the part of the show where, why are we doing this again? To fulfil certain statutory conditions attached to our NHS funding, this is the section of the show where we crowbar as many public broadcasting obligations as possible into a 30-second daily segment. Ugh. This week we are obligated to play this from some budding young film studies students at Coventry Poly. I mean, university. I haven't heard of myself, but here we go.
have all walked around the 12 acres of warehousing space in Watford, where you're overcharged to gaze at Hazza Potter surplus costumes and set designs that have been offloaded to free up valuable real estate in Los Angeles, all whilst trying not to trip over overexcited kids who think the damn thing is true. But that got us thinking, what if it were true? What if you could have a truly magical day out? How much better would it be if you, your best friend, and their homemade animatronic Hedwig drone went around it, high off our tits? This is the recording from last Thursday. What's wrong now? Sorry, you can't come this way. We just want to check the chair. This is fucking ridiculous. He's in a wheelchair, mate. I just want to look underneath the chair. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't go touching anything under there. You can't just poke around in someone's wheelchair like that. Little does he know that that is how we are smuggling the Hedwig drone and the bag of ecstasy tablets. All right, fine. You're good to go. What's that? Nothing, mate. Fuck's sake. We've just got through security when something's already playing up with the Hedwig drone. What's wrong with the Hedwig drone? Shit. Hedwig Zoid has got out. Well, I'm glad that's all over and done with. Now it's part of the show where I've very much been looking forward to. Throughout the year, the members of staff at the University Hospital have been nominating a shortlist of the most attractive nurses in the hospital. It's just a bit of fun, so it's fine. And yesterday evening, a judging panel chaired by Clandestine announced the winner. We've been very lucky to have her come into the studio for an interview and, you know, wherever it leads to. Now, I hear she's running late. No, actually, ah, she's just coming in now. Here we have the winner of this year's Sexiest Nurse, I hear to see uh, Sam, well, I guess Samantha Williams. <laughs> Sorry, where's Samantha? Um, there isn't a Samantha. I'm Sam Williams, the winner of the Sexiest Nurse of the Year. What? A man won? You're a nurse. How on earth? Well, you know, as they say, it's just a bit of fun. Yes, it is. But I was promised a sexy nurse, and by all accounts, you are not one. I mean, no offence, matey. Did you used to be a woman or something? Is that what's going on here? Because, you know... No, I've been a nurse since I started here. Oh, my God. How did you get so many votes? Objectifying men in this way is ridiculous. Well, I'm not going to interview you, so just get out. Uh, what? You heard me. Just get out of my studio. I was promised a sexy nurse. You aren't it. You're just wasting mine and everyone's time, so just get out. All right, mate. Chill out. It's just take your cock and balls with you. Or throw them to Derek. Unbelievable. Whoever it was that promised me the nurse needs to be fired. That was ridiculous. Did you do this, Derek? No. Good. Because I would have got you fired too. Unbelievable. Well, carry on then, Derek. You're listening to Current News in association with Accident and Emergency. If you've broken your knee, it's time to check in at the A&E in Coventry. Continuing from the success of last week's segment... Who can forget the F-bombs from the, that Christian family when they were forced to register their child as Baby McBabyface? We're bringing back the listener-judged baby naming competition and turning it into a new regular item. What's the game of the name? Basically, in return for us having a bit of fun with your newborn's birth certificate, Coventry NHS Trust promises to do its very best not to give you and your family MRSA. This week, we have a new baby, which I'll try to describe. If you can imagine, a very small, very young person with a fleshy face, not too much hair, and sleeps most of the time, then that's it. Keep your suggestions coming in. The mum's a chav, so the Chardonnay jokes won't work this week. Try Greek mythology instead. Help! I need to go on holiday in the EU, but my Burgundy passport doesn't exist because the PM made us burn them all. That's where we could be heading if some selfish morons get their way. 
But it's not just British people who will need passports, according to one man. It's birds too. Roger McGreatit is a campaigner for the Avian Rights Society, or ARSE. What have you got to say for yourself, Roger? Well, hello, Ray, and thank you for the introduction. I think I speak for a lot of people when I want to see the rights of British birds protected during these negotiations. That's why I'd like to see the government introduce passports for each of the British birds in the country so we can keep the foreign ones out. Right. So you only want native birds to be in this country? That's correct. For hundreds of years, British people have enjoyed the sound of British birds, the robin. I mean, who could have Christmas without one? The blackbird, the woodpecker. All British institutions, I just want to ensure that British birds get fully protected. Oh dear. You do realise there aren't many, if any, actual native British birds. Robins, for example, are migratory birds, so more than likely first originated in Europe and travelled here. Female robins, for example, migrate to Spain each year. Yes, well, for as long as I can remember, robins have been in Britain. So that means they are British and anything different to them and the other British birds that I see in the garden and woodland at the moment are horrible foreign birds. But these European birds may add value to the landscapes by growing their own ecosystems. You are wrong. Now, non-British birds are bad, but British birds are good. Well, I'm not wrong. You don't even... Nope. You don't believe what I do, and therefore you're wrong. And I'm not listening to any more nah, 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 nah. Do you ever go on holiday, Roger? Of course. I go to Italy every year. The food and wine there is absolutely amazing. As an ornithology student, I work there for a bit as well. And now, thank God, in our regular section of the show, examining modern surgical instruments, it's Terence with Scalpel of the Hour. Tehran? Thanks, Ray. This week's scalpel is t- non-sterile Swan Morton disposable post-mortem scalpel, the very latest addition to a growing range of histopathology and autopsy knives. With a patented, easy-to-remove guard to protect t- cutting edge up to point of the procedure, the end user has the added convenience of not having to fix the blade to the handle and then can safely dispose of t- scalpel in an appropriate sharps container when the procedure is complete. Targeted at dirty and infectious cases, or for use by mobile forensic teams, it boasts unrivaled in-field functionality, whilst simple disassembly for cleaning is something that has been gratefully welcomed by the decontamination department. To instantly recognisable, disposable post-mortem scalpel is available either to standard PM40 blade or PM40 bullnose blade, fixed in a distinctive blue handle and boxed in units of 5 or 100 pieces, individually wrapped in foil packets. This latest scalpel upgrades the 2014 number 22B carbon steel blade. Overall then, a versatile and comprehensive scalpel for morticians and pathologists alike for use in autopsy, histopathology and general post-mortem procedures. And may I just add, one of my favourites. This scalpel gets an official Terence thumbs up. Just don't hold your thumb too close to a blade edge, that's all I'm saying. You're listening to Current News in association with Mental Health Awareness. Come on mate, less of the theatrics and off to psychiatrics. Thanks, Terry. Insightful as ever. So what medical instrument are you doing next week? Ebola machete. So now it's time for the afternoon play. Today, a down-on-his-luck French rostrumter who fled Francois Hollande's draconian tax regime to set up a cafe in the height of London must face up to the realities of Brexit. Hello there, welcome to my humble little cafe here in quiet Westminster. 
you would have heard the news, of course. The referendum result. Uh, what was they thinking? Well, me, my wife, our friend's staff, none of us know how long we'll be allowed to stay. I did contact an immigration lawyer, of course, but all he said was that until the politicians make up their minds, we all have to be very, very nice to the Brexiteers. <laughs> Thankfully, many of them frequent my coffee shop. Well, you have to get by somehow, don't you? I try not to spit in their coffees. I can't vouch for the rest of my staff. Ah, bonjour, René. Comment tellez-vous? Un café espresso, s'il vous plaît. Très bien, Monsieur Johnson. Uh, would you like a slice of cake? Uh, no, probably shouldn't. Uh, need to stay trim, so I can run away from any serious decisions that come my way. Are you sure I cannot tempt you? You do like having the cake and eating it after all. <laughs> Thing is, I've got a, this bloody little influenza. I've got to get rid of it. Why, I thought your new sexy Spanish intern was working well. <laughs> oh, I see, you have a cold. <laughs> Oh, cripes, with double cream. You want a pancake? No. What is the matter with you? It's the it's the monster. If he catches me fraternizing with a Frenchie, I'll be done for. Quickly, hide me under those copies of Limon. Good morning. <laughs> ah, Monsieur Ritmog, what a pleasant surprise. May I interest you in some... I don't have time for this. I'm looking for Boris, and I'm told he likes to frequent foreign cafes. I am afraid I have not seen him, Monsieur. What's that? What was what? It's coming from under those newspapers. Ah, oh, you wouldn't want to touch those. Why not? Uh, you might catch something. <sighs> Very well. I expect this to be cleaned up when I'm back. And remember, you must let me know if you have any news on Boris's whereabouts. I will, I promise. Uh, I hear he is under a lot of paperwork at the moment. And remember one thing. When the immigration point system comes into force, it would be most unfortunate if you and your staff were ever to receive null point. Now what, Anna Subri? Listen very carefully, I shall say this only once. Hello. Me, Cleggie and TB are holding a secret Remainers meeting tonight and need to use your cafe. Absolutely no. I have my citizenship application to consider. If we succeed, there is a real possibility we could reverse Brexit and your citizenship in this country could be secured forever. What do you say? Uh, okay. <laughs> The MPs are already filling the lobby for the vote to rubber stamp whatever the Prime Minister agrees in Brussels tonight. It is only a matter of hours before Brexit is agreed and that awful trade deal is signed. I've thought long and hard about this and can only think of one possible solution. Who is it? Benny, uh, say moi. Oh, heck, it's Monsieur Johnson. Let him in. What, are you mad? <laughs> Don't worry, Rene. It's all been part of a completely well-thought-out master plan. That will save Britain from humiliation and prevent Jacob Brooks Morg from defeating me in the next Tory leadership contest. By harnessing our brains and his self-interest, we think we might be able to defeat the government in the Commons and stop the EU summit in one fell swoop. But how are you going to achieve this? The vote is only minutes away. You see, we have all agreed that the opposing sides will issue a note before the vote. A note before the vote? Yes. Persuading the backbenchers to vote against the bill. And then what? And to instead back calls for a second referendum on the wretched deal. All we have to do is stop the Prime Minister from meeting Michael Barnier at the European Commission, which is where Boris comes in. Uh, on my last day as Foreign Secretary, I was granted one wish that the government promised they would grant me, without question, in any circumstances whatsoever. Oh my God, what was that? On my signal, a crack team of SAS paratroopers will immediately surround the Prime Minister. 
disguised as a throng of dancing South African schoolchildren, with whom she'll become immediately compelled to interact with in some cringeworthy act of self-flagellation, which, vitally, distracts her from, from affairs of state. They've just landed behind enemy lines now. I just have to give them the command. Following which, we hope the Prime Minister will be forced to leave the summit out of security concerns, or simply shame, and then... Britain's departure from the EU will be cancelled. That's the plan. So let me get this straight. There will be a note before the vote to unseal the deal and to recommend to them a referendum. Meanwhile, you will issue an order at the border to cause a tussle at the Brussels, causing the PM to walk from the talks and exit from the Brexit. René, Anna, Boris, what are you plotting? Gripes, it's the monster. You stupid omen. To do our bit to relieve the hard-working NHS staff of University Hospital, we have teamed up with a mix of local undergraduates looking for a bit of spare cash to dispense very basic but researched medical advice over the radio in an as-yet-unsponsored feature that we are calling Airwaves Ambulance. Airwaves Ambulance, in association with parentheses. Aboard the Airwaves Ambulance today, we have a student of imaginary cartography. Petula Night Terror. Uh, he- hello, uh, am, I, am I on the air? I can't hear anything. Put your headphones on. And on the line, who do we have aboard the Airways Ambulance this week? Hi guys, my name is Michael Caffeine, and I'm an insomniac. Welcome aboard, Michael. Ding dong, the doctor will see you now. So this is how it's going to work. Petula is going to use the radio to hypnotise you into a relaxing trance using a special technique she's developed whilst watching some YouTube tutorials. Please, if you're operating heavy machinery... Or have this playing in the operating theatre, which we know a lot of you do... Yes, that too. Please, for goodness sake, mute the radio for the next two minutes. So, in a world first, Miss Night Terror, are you ready to rid Mike Caffeine of his insomnia? I, I need to pay for my textbook somehow. That's the spirit. Over to you. Uh, hi, hi, Mike. Today, um, I, I want to talk to you about painting, spe- specifically masonry paint. And that is why paint never dries if you watch it. Well, did it work? Michael! What? What? Where am I? You're live on University Hospital Radio. Aren't you going to thank Petula? S- sorry, I must have drifted off. Thank you, Petula. Well, that's him done. Doesn't take that long to cure people, does it? Right, next contestant, I mean patient... Hello, is this the air ambulance? It's about my son. Yes, this is Airwaves Ambulance. What can we do for you, madam? Must admit, you sound a bit distressed. Hope it's not life or death. My son, he's he's just come off his motorbike on his way to Gaydon. And he can't get his helmet off? Gloves stuck? Something like that? No, no, as in he's fallen off at 90 miles per hour. Ah, uh, um, I see what you mean. Um, hmm, I'm not sure we're quite This qualified. is the air ambulance. Uh, we're not, I'm afraid, no. <laughs> Easy mistake to make. Uh, you're not the first. Well, actually, I guess you are. Uh, we could see whether any of our listeners are in the area, I suppose. Which junction? Junction 9, just before the turn-off to Bishop's Tatchbrook. Don't know it myself. Derek? Uh... Do you actually know anything about road, wo- road networks of Great Britain? What's your name? Judith. Right, Judy. Um, what I would do is call the air ambulance. Is this not...? No, it's not. This is more homeopathy from the home. That was a, a short-listed name, actually, and uh, thinking about it, I guess less prone to being mistaken for an actual emergency service. Can you connect me to the air ambulance, please? This is urgent. Uh, just looking at my producer on his dead... No, no, he's shrugging his shoulders. He's holding up a sign, actually. He says, he can, however, play you Highway to Hell. <laughs> Problem solved. OK, uh, end of item. 
The Weather, sponsored by Weatherspoons. Whatever the weather, whether you ever or never, wish to visit a Weatherspoons. Temperatures were certainly raised in the psychiatric ward where a real character with Tourette's made it pretty clear what he thought about that fucking cardboard shit bowl. The aircon has been switched back on again in the bariatric ward after today's sweating session. And for everyone else, it is currently what you are feeling and is unlikely to change because of budgetary restrictions on using the ventilation systems. University Hospital Traffic and Travel in association with TfL. Try your fucking luck with travel by TfL. Yes, the East Corridor connecting the St Chaffinch Ward with the Lord Chucklebrother Ward is completely blocked after two people in wheelchairs crashed and overturned. A 30-minute delay expected there. The uh, car park is a complete joke, don't bother with that. And finally, there's been a report of a sheep on the helipad, so that's currently out of use until staff can figure out how to even get up to the helipad. I'm certainly not telling them. That's all for now. Now it's time for this week's... Sorry, Ray, what are you doing? Is that morphine? Yes, Derek, it helps me relax. I discovered it ever since I popped my shoulder. When did you do that? Six years ago. Anyway, now it's time for this week's public information package from regular presenter Howard Uraley Buxton Littleworth. In a brand new series of reports about hospitals, he's been intruding on various clinics around the local area for our amusement. Howard? Good evening and welcome to this week's edition of my report. Today I'm looking at the queasy topic of hospitals. Hospitals were invented by Supreme Allied Commander Sir Charles Henry Hospital during the Second World War as a place for the injured, maimed or cowardly to get out of everyone's way for a bit. After the fall of mainland Europe, hospitals were soon packed with evacuees from other countries, and it is a testament to these multicultural origins that we hear so many languages being spoken on the wards, with most staff preferring to break bad news in foreign. It is also no surprise that most of those who checked in in the 1940s have since come back to block beds to this day. Hospitals have come a long way from their war-torn origins. In the 90s, politicians began introducing market forces by inviting taxpayers to shop around for the best treatments. We can all remember the popular public education campaign, I trust you know what you're doing. Oh, I really need to go to f***ing hospital. No, no, mate, you don't want to go there, you c***. No, you really, you I'm, I'm feeling terribly poorly. No, mate, I mean, I mean, you want to go over to that one. How can you be so sure, you f***? Oh, you know, oi, mate. Uh, are you a doctor or something? I'm this country's leading nephrologist, and you're both paralytically drunk. Tell me something we don't know, mate. You were on the precipice of death. If you had consumed one single chocolate liqueur, you would most certainly die instantaneously. Well, I trust you know what you're doing my kidney, then. And it is for these reasons that hospitals which command little to no faith are ironically called trusts. It is not just the provision of health services that have benefited from the free market. Today, I'm here outside St. Zebedee's Hospital in Coventry, which is surprisingly one of the better hospitals in the area. I say that because not only is Coventry one of the worst places I've ever been, but also because the hospital entrance is adorned with a rusty horseshoe. I'm here with Wayne. Wayne, is it customary for hospital porters to ride a horse around hospital nowadays? Howdy, partner. Yes, sir. Bob. It's required by county law. I also have to wear this Stetson and carry this lasso at all times. I see. And what exactly do you do? Well, I oversee the car park. I ensure that rates go up 10% plus inflation each year. More importantly, I'm in charge of putting parking tickets on the cars of visiting family members who have just come to see their relatives die. I I see. And what do you do with the money? It's mainly used for the horse paddocks. We build in the top layer of the car park. 
Next year, we're looking at installing a saloon bar on the level below, you know, like the ones from the westerns, and the little flappy doors that everyone thinks are really cool, but actually just rubbish, little flaps that bruise your fingertips and let the draft in. Wouldn't the shortage of parking spaces make it harder to make money? Nah, we'll just hike the prices up again. Wayne has kindly allowed me to follow him around one of his shifts. This your car, boy? Oh, uh, yes, it is. Got a ticket? I was just about to go to the pay and display machine. Strange way to walk to get to the ticket machine, boy. Look, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I need to go and see my wife. They're, they're turning the ventilator off today. Don't wait for no man, boy. I, 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 I will get a ticket on my return. I can sell you one right now. How, how much 20. is that? Tw- 20. Per hour. Until 6 p.m. Uh, 30 thereafter. I, I, I'm not paying that. You, you, you don't even look like you work at the hospital. I, I, I'm going to see the manager. Not so fast. Oh shit, I hope his wife can pay the ticket instead. I end my round with Wayne by asking whether there's anything he wouldn't consider slapping a parking ticket on. No. What about an ambulance delivering someone to any? By chance, it was at that exact moment that an ambulance arrived. We've got double kidney failure looking for immediate dialysis. Hello, boy. And can someone please get this slizzo out of the ambulance bay? Not so fast, boy. You're under my jurisdiction. You better watch it. Is that a frip, boy? No, as in you better watch out for that. What is We should be able to harvest his organs. I trust you know what you're doing with those. Is that a joke? Now a time for some quiet reflection. Stuart, a dear member of our team, a very kind, caring and all-round fantastic bloke, was sadly judged by a coroner to have died last month after inexplicably going missing for more than the statutory minimum threshold. He was a complete gentleman and taken far too soon. And who better to help commemorate Stuart than by hosting a charity fundraiser catered by the one and only old-time friend of the show, Monsieur Gary Bisto, who is finally out on licence. What have we got for us, Gaza? Well, Monsieur, bonjour, and je m'appelle to you. Stuart was such an honourable man, and je wanted to do something truly special et incredible with his kind donation. What I prepare for you today is his leg, slowly cooked in the hospital car park. What you did was confit the leg and canard fat for around six years. I call it stu-stu on leg d'amputate aujourd'hui et pomme de derrière. Potatoes. Uh, Can I try some of this stew? It, it sounds delicious, Gary. Ah, oui, oui. Uh, if your listeners would like to mange some of this delicious stew, then they can, of course, find me on Delizieux. And I see you've brought your sous chef along with you too, Gary. Oui, c'est Dr. Paul. Dr. Paul, thank you for bringing Gary along today. Can you give us a bit more background? Yes, Gary Bistow, or as he is more commonly known, Barry Oxo, is a psychopath with split personality disorder who has a tendency to focus primarily on his impersonation of a cannibalistic chef with a broken French accent. Sorry, you mean to say... That's right, Barry has never actually visited France, but built his personality off... We know not what. With training, however, we hope to inject his enthusiasm, if not his rehypnol, into the food served at the canteen here at Coventry Hospital. Oui, oui. I presented la stu-stu to his highness, uh, Prince Edward, who was visiting last month for some reason. Yeah, me neither. But you've brought along some offcuts today, haven't you, Gary? Sorry, here's what I left from today's service. Today's service? We have been serving the stu-stu all month here at Coventry Hospital Canteen. Uh, all month? Gary, listen very carefully to me. What have you been serving to the people at the hospital this week? Uh, le stu-stu. And what is in le stu-stu? Stu. And? Stu. And? Stu. 
and stew 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 and stew. That's where stew's gone. And stew. Right. Well, I guess we don't have to do the live blood drive then. We'll push that to next week's show. How do we phone the emergency services? No, not the airwaves ambulance. Whilst the studio is in lockdown, we do just have time to let you know that the main on-site generator is about to be turned off for 10 minutes as part of the planned engineering works. The network should then switch over to the late-night casino channel, starting today with Tipping Point, as if coming into an NHS hospital isn't a gamble enough. Just before that, though, I've been told that Matron Buttercup is unable to come round to the paediatrics ward to do her, or possibly his, customary nighttime story for the kids. She got a flat tyre somewhere just outside Gaydon. So instead, it falls upon me to read, and bearing in mind that I only had time to come up with this during the last ad break, this is Teddy and the Pear-Shaped Operation. (coughs) Mummy Bear, Mummy Bear, I have fallen down the stair. Teddy Bear, Teddy Bear, what on earth are you doing down there? Weren't you listening to me? I just took a tumble. Now one of my vital organs is beginning to grumble. Where does it hurt? Please do tell me. If you're bleeding, you'll probably need A&E. Mummy bear, mummy bear, I'm beginning to feel cold. Possibly due to the injuries I've previously foretold. Mummy bear rang for an ambulance quick, only to get through to a complete and utter dick. He said, are you sure that you need an ambulance right now? We can't just send paramedics to those who say ow. Aren't you listening, you twat? My patience, you're trying. I truly fear that my teddy is dying. With a flash and a siren, the ambulance soon arrived, without which it was likely that Teddy would have died. They drove through the streets at 70 miles an hour. Did you know that ambulances have 400 brake horsepower? They do, actually. They got Teddy to theatre in the nick of time. But who is this? Oh, it's the consultant you get at after-hours time. For legal reasons, we cannot proceed with this tale, but I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up in jail. Unfortunately, that's all we've got time for tonight. Please, don't have nightmares. The generator is about to pack it in. That was The Dead or Alive Show, starring Polly Boone and Patrick Edwards, Josh Hatley, Rob Morton and James Spence. It was written by Rob Morton and Patrick Edwards. As we say goodnight from us here at University Hospital Radio, we are either switching over to your all-night casino entertainment, or, for those on the private ward, your entertainment will start shortly thereafter. From us here at University Hospital Radio, have a pleasant night. Welcome to Tipping Point, the show where we televise people playing casino slot machines but make them seem a bit less addicty than if they were slumped against a one-armed bandit at 4am in the morning. Come on, we've all been there. Now today's contestants on Tipping Point are Janet, who's on the edge of a nervous breakdown, Kevin, whose marriage is about to break up, and Zara, who's currently balancing on an inverted skateboard placed on a yoga ball whilst juggling. How's it going up there? Not falling off yet? Uh, no, not yet. Excellent. Now it's time to play Tipping Point. Now, round one is, well, it's the bloody casino game with two pence coins that slide in and out over two different levels until, invariably, a couple of coins drop after an excruciating amount of time. As are rounds two and three. 
The number of coins each contestant gets to release into the game, of course, is decided by how many ridiculously easy questions they can each answer. Each coin that gets dropped down into the end bit at the end of the platform are worth amounts of money that I'll decide on later. There are also bonus coins, Brexit coins, and a wooden spatula in there for good measure. And remember, do not make the wooden spatula drop or you instantly lose. Ready, everyone? Zara? Uh, yes. Kevin? I hate my wife. I'll take that as a yes. Janet? The world is collapsing in on me and I don't know why we exist. To play games like this, so let's play Tipping Point. Now, we pushed all three contestants very hard from behind without them knowing before the show to see who fell over last. And it was you, Kevin, you fat bastard, so you go first. My wife's fatter. Question one. Why doesn't your wife love you? Oh, I don't know. She's a judgmental cow and hates humans. No, because you leave the toilet seat up when you go to the toilet. Never do the washing up. So, at the end of three rounds, Zara has fallen off the skateboard and broken her neck. Janet has realised her calling in life is to become a nun, so has left to join a convent. Why do they always do that? And so that leaves Kevin, who has won, and is curling up in a ball, sobbing. <laughs> You've won a hundred pounds, Kevin. Are you happy? No? Why aren't you happy, Kevin? Oh, for goodness sake. Well, that ends another edition of Tipping Point. Until next time. Hello, I brought my old fridge. Can I leave it here? Wrong time of Tipping Point. Goodbye. Well, if you haven't had enough of culture and you can afford it, we have a new after-hours section exclusively for our private patients. NHS patients are now instructed to switch off and or hum with your fingers in your ears for the next five minutes. Paying more than taxes to get priority access. It's premium. Uh... Here's a preview of tomorrow afternoon's drama. Labouring the point. just come back from microchip factory fucking immigrants why do they think they can better themselves get back to your shit old country and leave us being our shit old country it's sunny in Romania and the beer's better take a fucking hint oh you're back late you fucking slapper pack it in like I've got to sell myself to afford Ryanair to the ex-Soviet block in who the fuck do you think you are dad I'm pregnant what did you say? Right, F this, get me the fucking cricket bat. No, you can't, Dad. Fucking unmarried Torag not wearing now. Get your fucking burger on. You're going to be a grandpa. No, I fucking won't. Not of that. Ah! What's going on? I'm, I'm getting contractions. The nurse said it should be weeks yet. Dear, oh dear. How far gone did you say you were? I was only inseminated yesterday. What the fuck is going on with your fandango? <laughs> What the fuck have you gone and done now? You've just given birth to the Prince of Darkness. Why the fuck would you go and do that for, you fucking southerner? <laughs> Bow before me, mortals, your souls are mine. I told you, I got knocked up somewhere foreign. Christ, George Osborne was right. I drink the blood of regulatory equivalent. Not if I've fucking got anything to do with it. If I've got one thing to say with you, piss off home. You're not welcome and I want my job back. Watch as your bodies will now lie in unmanned hospital corridors. Right, what are you? I got some sort of private foreign company, I bet. I vote to nationalise your type. I'm a citizen of the world. See here, it's the fucking cross I made at the ballot box. What? Keep showing him the cross is making him burn up. No! But you can't. The free international flow of capital makes my Snapchat work. No! Take that, you fucking punts, and get your invisible hands off my aura of a daughter. No! <laughs>
NHS patients can tune in now. I said NHS patients can tune in now!